We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Napa know-how. The Napa guy knows not to judge a man by his car's multicolored paint job or absence of modern gadgetry. Who cares if it's technically old enough to vote and the windows are powered by the strength of your left arm? Your monthly payment is zero, and it'll stay that way. Because with over 500,000 parts and a little Napa know-how, you can keep anything on the road. She may not be pretty, but she's all yours. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. What do you think the score of this match is? 2-2. Two, two. Oh, my gosh. 3-2, something like wow. that. Wow. 3-2. I, th- I don't think you understand how bad these defenses are going to be. This is the Fantasy Soccer Podcast, brought to you by rotowire.com, your premier source for fantasy sports. For news, rankings, projections, DFS lineup optimizers, and more, Head over to rotowire.com slash soccer. And now, here are your hosts, Mike Gottlieb and Andrew Laird. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. This is the most maddening episode in March, you can say. So happy St. Patrick's Day. Happy start of the NCAA tournament. Today's lunch break lasts until Monday. Don't you think, Andrew? <laughs> it certainly should. There's there, there's there's been a calling for um, 
that today, like the start of the tournament, be a national holiday, or Super Bowl Monday be a national holiday. Um, Super Bowl Monday having more credence to me. But don't you think uh, there should be holidays surrounding sporting events? I think in terms of the Super Bowl, they should figure out, they should just schedule it before President's Day. Or play lot... it on a, or play it on a Saturday. Uh, yeah, they could do that too. I mean, Sunday's kind of a football day anyway, but... Okay, Saturday uh, with college football is not a football day for people? Uh, not in February or whenever they play at this point. February. But yeah, the... Uh, I think these two days are much more viable for holidays. You don't, you tend not to see double, like two day holidays though. That's the only problem. It'll only be a matter of time before uh, the Premier League will say that the final week of the season will be a flex, uh, a flex weekend, and that the top two teams will play each other every single final weekend, <laughs> and they'll play it on a Monday. Uh, maybe, maybe that's kind of a scheduling nightmare. <laughs> but. Maybe. We'll see. That would be a holiday. Yeah. Well, not here, but... Not, oh, yeah, not here, but... That, I mean, actually, you know, in England, they, they play all the games at night anyway during the week, so maybe not. I don't know. I just think there, there should be a sports-related holiday at some point, because sports are such a big part of this culture now. Mm-hmm. For sure. All right. Uh, so uh, on Tuesday, we had a very entertaining podcast. I do w- I do hope everyone tunes in, especially for all of the uh, weather and sunlight related talk. <laughs> um, actually, the other day I was getting really tired at about like seven o'clock at night, but it was still light outside. So I couldn't actually, you know, consider going to sleep. And it, it, this this what this this sunlight difference is really affecting me in ways that I never expected. <laughs> I like that that that's the reason. The, like the time was the reason, not because, because you were tired. Yeah, or... Exactly, because I'm so old that seven o'clock feels late. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, we have uh, game week thirty-one to preview. Uh, we have our DraftKings, uh, our DraftKings daily dose. Uh, just an update: we did do uh, at least three installments. You can fact check me if you want, listeners. But uh, I believe all three times the team who chose a, the strikers or forwards, excuse me. Uh, 5,000 and over, 5,100 and over, won every time. Uh, it's something that we're not going to continue this week, but it is something that uh, it's worth monitoring at least. Uh, we may bring it back next week, but um, you know, just to see if that was just a small sample size or if there really is something to it that forwards with their, you know, their hit and miss capabilities, if you have a higher chance of hitting with the higher price guys, you can you can find your midfield points elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Especially with the number of people who get a lot of crosses, right? And you were asking me before the podcast, actually, um, you know, what's a lot of crosses? Uh, and I was saying that you know, double digits is where I start to think a, a lot of crosses, right? What do you, would you tend to agree with that? I think that's right. I mean, I think nine and eight is also a decent amount, but I think yeah, ten ten definitely opens your eyes. Yeah, because that means you're getting double digit scoring before anything else, right? Right. So uh, another reason why just crosses is a, a, a weird stat to reward so heavily. But we'll get to that more when we do our DraftKings Daily Dose later. Uh, so let's get right into the first game. It involves your Arsenal, uh, who did an admirable job losing 5-1 to one against Barcelona in two legs. What's interesting to me during the midweek is, first of all, Iwobi, Alex Iwobi played and played well. Mm-hmm. Uh, makes me wonder where he's been the entire 
the rest of the year and why <laughs> was he given his first opportunity against, I don't know, the best team in Europe. Yeah. Uh, away at the best team in Europe, may I add. And Before you go any further on that, I was talking with uh, Tate McIntyre, who's one of our writers, and he's also an Arsenal supporter. And I had referenced that the last time we had seen something like that was Hector Bellerin making his first Arsenal start. I, I'm pretty sure this is correct. His first Arsenal start came against Borussia Dortmund in the Champions League away. And that worked out pretty well. I'm not saying that it it does or doesn't. It just makes it. it, it you do question the timing, though, right? <laughs> I mean, like, why? Like, this is the time where we're like, okay, we're going to turn to the future at this position. And instead of a 25, 26 year old Theo Walcott, who's, you know, old and stand in this standard we're going to go with a 19 year old alex awobi yeah it was the tweets that, that were going out were pretty funny of the whole like uh you know obviously he's resting them for the weekend if he hadn't blown the blown the his title shot two months ago so it was a classic lineup of a manager who thinks he needs his you know his domestic matches are more important and i mean obviously wenger has to pretend he's still in a title race and so I think that's why he rested most of those guys. I, I I have now memorized and can predict every Arsene Wenger post-match press conference mm. when they lose. I think we played well. We created a lot of opportunities. And, uh, you know, if they didn't do this and we did this, we would have uh, had a better result. Yes. There every seems to be like a lot single. of, if you really like boil down to what he's saying, it's a lot of like, well, if we had just scored more than they did, we would have won. And you're like, yep, that, uh huh, that's how soccer works. He, uh, he is just a, a, a tall piece of useless information mm. in terms of press conferences. Now, I'm sure he's a very intelligent guy and he knows how to build a team, but the proof is in the pudding at this point of what you're going to get with Arsene Wenger at the helm, right? Uh, the template is it has been cast. Yeah, I mean it's been like that for a long time. So he just, I mean, is it time to move on? It's it's up to him. Like there's no, the club will not move on. So it's when he doesn't want to be at the club anymore, then that'll be the time. Which is a little frustrating, but you know what are you going to do there? I saw some stuff today about you know that he might want to go coach in Spain, which is like the most absurd thing I've heard in a long time. I think there's a better shot of Ibrahimovic coming to Arsenal than Wenger going to Spain. So I think there's a better chance that Hampton makes a 40 point comeback after trailing 81 to 45 in the first half. Probably. By the way, giving up 81 points and a half. Yeah, that's bad. Yeah. Uh, as if you can't tell, we are, uh, we are podcasting during the, the NCAA tournament slate of games as of right now there's a whole bunch going on uh we'll we'll keep you updated so you can uh so you can listen to these live updates after they've happened after they've happened yeah <laughs> just right. what people want to hear yes exactly uh everton arsenal they, these are two teams now that are just not in the where they thought they would be in the table or where they want to be in the table at this time of the season to the point where you know i'm starting to read that uh, the seat's getting a little warm under roberto martinez you're going with Martinez? Come on. We know it's not Martinez. Martinez. Roberto Martinez. The the stuff that I've read all season is that they're basically playing how they want how he wants them to play. He wants to be an all out attacking club and he'll figure out the defensive 
stuff later, and that's exactly what they're doing. I mean, they're one of the highest-scoring teams in England, and they give up more goals than almost everybody else. And what's weird is that he's got John Stones on the bench. Not not that Stones was, like, playing really well, but he played very well last year and was getting bids in the 35 to 45 million pound range. Uh, I'm not sure he would get that much if he was, you know, Dutch, but because he's English, he gets that. And yet he doesn't start at all for Everton this season. I, I can't imagine it's part of some sort of move to, you know, fend off uh, some suitors because people still want him. So um, when you struggle that much defensively, but you keep the same defensive core, uh, I mean, you're, of course he's going to be on the hot seat because they can't win that way. It does beg it does beg a lot of questions. And just an update, uh, that score, that UVA score was after the second half, not second quarter, because I followed college basketball very closely. <laughs> uh, they play half. That felt a little high <laughs> for a defensive so, yeah. team like UVA. Yeah. So, you know, just – just a little fact check. Just a little fact check. All right. Um, but, yeah, on the Everton side there, I do agree with you that defensively, I'm surprised you're not seeing, like, a shape change, like going to three at the back or five at the back to to try to counteract what's going on. I, honestly, I don't know if that would actually work or not, but when you see such a glaring hole, I don't see how you don't try to repair it. I don't think – Martinez cares. I think he wants to win every game four three, and I'm not saying I'm not saying to fix it in a way where you, you know you give up no goals, but you can't you can't expect to win four three every game. I'm of the opinion yes, you should try to score as many goals as you possibly can every single game. That's what wins games. That's what gets you points. Uh, if you boil it down to you know like a saber metric or a, a money ball situation. You know, you, oh, what you're after is points, and the way that you get points is goals. Yeah, they kind of have the same problem that Man City has. That they're so, um, meaning on the, on the flip of defensively, like Man City's so good attacking at home, and Everton gives up so many goals at home. They've given up twice as many goals at home as they have on the road. Which, I mean, that's weird. To that's weird. Yeah, uh, uh, and that's why I think coaches like uh, Pochettino have figured it out. Uh, Pochettino knows that the way that he doesn't give up a ton of goals is he trains his team so hard and runs them so much that when they if they lose the ball, they get it right back. Mm-hmm. That's the Barcelona style. Uh, they will they will press you all the way up the pitch, and they're going to say, try and break it down. We think you're just going to have to hoof it forward and take your chances one forward against two defenders. Yeah. So it, it it's. I think that's what I think that's what Everton are missing is is that 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 pressing that that need to get the ball back if they lose it. Uh, we, we I think it was last year where they gave up the most turnovers that directly led to goals, so right. that may not help there. You know, if your defender passes it straight to a an attacker with no other defender covering, you're in trouble. But uh, it's just it's a very weird situation, and you'd have to if you on the Arsenal side. <sighs> You just ha- this whole season. It's a lot like Alexi Sanchez's season. They've looked great at times. Sorry, not even that's not even true. Alexi Sanchez hasn't looked great at times this season. There's been like two instances where he's looked good, and I think Arsenal has been looked better than that. Better more but, but, times than that. But. Yeah, I mean, my my point with Arsenal is 
Can you imagine how good they would be if he was consistent this season? Yeah, I mean, I I guess. I think losing Santi Cazorla for as long as they did was a big, definitely hurt. And, I mean, what's weird is that he's really the only one who's missed considerable time. I mean, Sanchez was out for a while, but they actually played pretty well without him. And I I don't know what it is with this team. I really don't. I, I have no idea. For me, they just um, come up so small when well, they need to not do it, that. It, it's one of those things where it's the opposite of Chelsea, where you've always had that spine until this season. Mm-hmm. You know, the center of the park has always been. You know, you know, when you look back at teams at the uh, teams of old, it was you had John Terry, Frank Lampard, Didier Drogba. Yeah, you know, down the center of the team, and then you know, Modric came in as well to help solidify that in the last title run uh, in terms of the center of the park, but. You just don't have that at Arsenal, and that's that's where they get into trouble. Uh, for example, uh, just against Barcelona, Gabriel just he overplays balls. He can turn the ball over, and then on the time where he's actually you know may, you know when he's covering for Koscielny, but Bellerin isn't covering him because Bellerin's pushed up the field yeah. even though the ball is on the other side of the pitch. It it. it it's just it's a weird it's a weird system with that back four or five including Copeland if you want to where they they play like almost like five individuals six individuals and the the movement isn't consistent among the the the, the team of the, the group of them and that's why they give up goals and it's only in flashes and moments they just switch off and you but you can count on them switching off at some point yeah usually on a set piece What's weird is that they're going to finish third or fourth, I hope not fifth, and take all six points from Leicester. Well, th- it's like they didn't it's been realize... a little bit of a bizarro world because they've done well against the, the the upper echelon. It's been against the lower level teams that they've had trouble. Well, I remember during the uh, the Manchester United loss a few weeks ago, they somebody tweeted that Nobody told Arsenal that they're playing Manchester United and not, and then it was in all caps Manchester United. Like they came into that game thinking they were playing the Man U of three, four, and twenty years ago, and not the one that's been awful all season that had three kids make their debuts in that match. And that's kind of how I feel like that's exactly what happened. Like they they think they play they're playing the Chelsea of old, and they drop both of those games, or maybe they draw one of them, or they lose. I think they lost both. Lost them both. Yeah, and but they'll beat Leicester because, like, oh, that's just Leicester. Like, those are the teams that they always beat. Uh, so I think they got it's either one or or two points from the Spurs matches this week this season. Like, they just don't. They're not coming up in the big spots or against the teams that are traditionally the big ones, and that's why they're they're not getting the title this year again. It's and this was the year because it's yeah. going to be the lowest point total of a of a Premier League champion. Yep, and they still didn't even get that much. Yeah, they're. I mean, what's frustrating is that they're six points back of Spurs now. Uh, they have a game in hand, but you know that's still a three point gap, and even that's like still not that close to the top. So even if Leicester hadn't gone on this crazy run, they're still not that close to winning the title. That's absurd. All right, let's get some fantasy analysis, shall we? Please. Um, obviously, you would take Lukaku over Giroud. Yes. First of all, does Giroud start? 
I don't think it's. I think they they might go with Welbeck. That, that's that's kind of where I'm going with this. Yeah. So let's t- let's say let's say would you rather stack an Ozil and Welbeck or would you rather stack a Lukaku and Barkley? I, I'm not a big Barkley, at least on DraftKings. I'm not a big Barkley guy. He just doesn't. He just doesn't do enough. Um, like his his floor is so low that I try to. I just would rather find a guy with a little sturdier base than Barkley. So that being said, I think Lukaku greatly outproduces all of them. So I would take the Lukaku and pretty much anybody else who starts. Gerard Degulafeu. I don't. I doubt he, he starts. Start. It'll he be won't. Lukaku and Aaron Lennon, which is absurd that I'm taking that side, but. That's how down I am on the on Arsenal as a whole. Yeah, uh, if, uh, I, was I mean, some, Everton's I, I, are awful at home. Like, there should Arsenal should be able to score here. I think on ESPN FC, I think it was Steve uh, Steve Nichol was saying Arsenal need to find players that can play at the same mental capacity as Mesut Ozil because Ozil sees the game so quickly and. He can see things that aren't that that should happen because he sees what's happening from the defense, but no other player is on that same plane of thought, and not because you know they lack the skill, they just don't they don't see the game the way that he does. There, uh, I have two things about that. One is that it's interesting to hear that because he gets a lot of flack for looking like disinterested in times. I think that just happens to be like his demeanor. Like if he's taking everything in, he kind of can look like he's disinterested. The other is uh, when I was in grad school, one of my professors was Mike Lombardi, who works for the Patriots now. He was the Browns GM for a bit. He was He's a Belichick guy. And he was explaining once that, um, talking about how well Tom Brady prepares for matches and all this stuff, or for games and uh, how he reads defenses so well. And a lot of times where if a guy is like wide open and Brady doesn't find him, Everyone's like, well, Brady missed it there. And the reason why he missed him is because that guy, like based on the play that the Patriots called and the defense that, or in the defensive play that was called, like that guy shouldn't have been open. Like Brady knows the guys who should be open when they play against a certain defense and they call a certain play. And if that guy's like, you know, if somebody's open, it's because he shouldn't necessarily be open. And I feel like Ozil is that way that like he passes to places where guys should be or they're not necessarily there, or if he misses a guy, it's because somebody's so way out of where they should be that it doesn't make sense for Ozil to pass there. Yeah, unlike Tom Tom Brady, Mesut Ozil doesn't have uh, videos of the opposing team's walkthroughs. So it might be it might be a little a little more difficult for Ozil. I'm just giggling to myself about that one. What a cheaters. What a a narc that man genie is. All right. Uh, obviously, I'm never going to take an Everton defender. I'm assuming you're not taking any of the Arsenal defenders or goalkeepers in this one. No. Is it Ospina still? Yes. Okay. All right. Let's move on to the champions, shall we? Leicester City are going to Crystal Palace, which used to be a tough place to play this season. <laughs> yes. Uh, I'm sure it'll be plenty loud there. Uh, I also don't think Leicester will care. They yeah. have given up uh, seven goals. I believe it is seven since Boxing Day. Yeah. And they, they're they not scoring that much right now. Three one nothings in their last four. But Do you think that's because of how teams are playing them or because of their 
them being inept offensively. I think it's a little of, well, I don't want to call them inept, but they, I don't know. It's like they haven't figured out, well, they have figured it out, but like so much of their early season success was because they're so good coming back. And when you're not losing or (laughs) winning, you don't have to come back. So yeah, I think it's just, uh, it's amazing that they've been able to, to figure out this like grind out style kind of on the fly, but that's, I mean, this is what we see teams that win the title do at the end of the season. They just need to get their one goal and just make sure it doesn't give up. And when you have N'Golo Kante on the field, that works out. Yeah. I, I said this before. They, they can play either style. They typically don't dictate to you. They are, usually, they are usually the ones being dictated in terms of possession. But they have the capacity of throwing people on and having possession and just crossing balls or yep. having Riyad Mahrez do some fancy dribbling, maybe play a couple of one twos, but they, I mean, they have all of those capabilities. It's really, really fun to see, you know, a variety of ways of winning and right. they've won games early. They've won games late. In fact, the worst place to be is up to nothing against Leicester. That doesn't even happen anymore. No, it doesn't, but that is the worst place to be, especially yeah. if you do it early. Yeah. Cause then they're like, Oh, we have to score now. <laughs> Do you know who their loss last loss last loss was to? Arsenal. Yeah. They haven't lost that much. No. So it's it's one of those things where it's pretty easy to tell. True. Uh, for me, the person who's going a little bit under the radar this season is Mark Albrighton. Yeah, he's getting pretty expensive on DraftKings um, because he's crossing like just so much now that he's on set pieces again. But I mean, he's I think he had sixteen. Or a lot, like uh, yeah, his sorry, last four game logs are fourteen, thirteen, five, and thirteen. Yeah, thirteen. Just crosses; those aren't even points. Although that's when most of his points are coming, and the five crosses came in forty-five minutes. Yeah, and he's starting to get more shots too. Yep. Uh, uh, hit or miss. It's because uh, he's it, basically on those set pieces near the box that he's allowed to send right. a few. Fair enough. Fair enough. I, I, I was I was basing it off of a two or three game sample that I've watched Lester recently, so. <laughs> Uh, he, he's popping up in shot opportunities is the way I'll put it now. Yeah. All right. Uh, Crystal Palace side, I, you know, I, I, for me, if Jason Punchin plays, he's an interesting option here. Yeah. Uh, if other than that, I mean, even Yannick Bellassi hasn't been tremendous. No. The, the ability of Bellassi to at least get numerous peripheral stats instead of just relying on crosses is nice. But, I struggle to see them getting much going against what is now one of the best defensive units in the Premier League. Like, do you think it's worth just saying to Angolo Conte, make sure Balassi doesn't touch the ball? No. Uh, Just make sure if he touches it, he goes outside. Just don't let him have the middle of the park. Right. But but Balassi starts from the outside, so that's probably where he'll have it. Yeah. I mean, they don't, they're not going to have Wickham, not that he's Ronaldo, but they haven't really gotten a lot of production out of Emmanuel Adebayor, so I'm just not sure where the... Emmanuel Adebayor will not bother Robert Huth one bit. Right, right. So it, that, that's a bad that's a bad matchup it, 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 in terms of offense versus defense there. Yeah, I in don't fact, see a lot coming out of Crystal Palace. In fact, I would venture a guess that Huth will score more points than Adebayor. Oh, gosh. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly possible. Because, you know, if you get the clean sheet or 
if you get the, if you get the clean sheet, uh, he, he, I'm telling you, he, I think he still has the most shots uh, among defenders in the last uh, four weeks, something right. like that, because he got two more last week. It's nuts. So it's, it's just because he gets on the other end of corners. Right. But you know, it, it, yeah, he might. I mean, I mean, Christian Fuchs, if it wasn't for crossing. Um, you know, I think Huth would actually be more valuable than him. Mm-hmm. Just an interesting little tidbit there. All right, let's go to one of the many derbies of the weekend. Chelsea are at home against West Ham. Uh, here's the here's the interesting fantasy question: Willian or Dimitri Payet? Is it possible this one just slugs out and they're both well overvalued? What do you mean overvalued or think... overpriced? Like, I don't think you're going to get. I don't know if you're going to get you know, the 20 points you need out of those guys. I disagree wholeheartedly. Okay. I, th- I think this is a cross-heavy game. Oh, okay. Uh, first of all, Dimitri Payet just touches the ball more than the opposition third than any other player. Mm-hmm. So just that 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 nature in general, and also if Andy Carroll ever comes on the field, there is your crosses from Dimitri Payet. Right. Um, I mean, if Ender Val- if, if Valencia plays, uh, there's another guy, there's another target. Diafor Sacco is a decent target. Uh, the Chelsea, the Chelsea defense pretty much dares you to cross it all the time. We might see John Terry back. Well, if John Terry's back and Ivanovic is on, pick a side. Uh, I'm pretty sure Dimitri Payet will be on that side too. Well, uh, you're either taking Payet against Ivanovic out wide, or as Pilicueta on a side he doesn't want to be on, or against Kennedy. Right. So I mean, I mean, I'd be surprised. Say what you if, Kennedy, but he's getting a lot of tackles, one interceptions. Yeah, I'd be surprised if Kennedy started if Terry comes back. Like I'd, I'd be surprised if Kennedy started over Ivanovic or as Piliqueta. Hopefully, I'm wrong. Here's the thing: Chelsea really have nothing left to play for now. Mm-hmm. Out of the FA Cup, out of Champions League, not not going to get Europe. Uh, in any capacity, I don't even think they want Europa if they if they can get it. That's just not a great tournament to be in all season. Um, if and Gusenik has famously said that they are officially in transition. This is the first weekend that we will actually see if he's serious. Uh, he's forced. He's going to be forced into playing Bertrand Traore mm-hmm. because Costa picking up a red card in the FA Cup. He'll have to serve it this weekend. Uh, the FA has the English FA has decided not to charge, uh, not to charge uh, Costa with uh, misconduct. I thought they decided not to charge him for the. Um, There's no bite. The gesture. No, I thought it was for the gesture. Not f- have they ruled on the bite yet? They Gareth Barry specifically said that he didn't bite him. Yeah. So it, it's what I mean, it's he's not going to get any further action. He's not getting any further suspension. The one game is what he'll get. Did you think he bit him? Like when you saw it? I think he thought twice about it. (laughs) I think he had an initial thought and then a second thought just in time. There was a video going around of DeMarcus Cousins like two or three weeks ago pulling his arm back to punch Robin Lopez. Oh, yes. It was somebody. And And literally at the the absolute last moment you could pull it back, he pulled it back. And that's what I thought. That was the first thing I thought about when I saw Costa. Yep, at the at the event horizon. I just <laughs> have you ever thought about biting another human being? Like, I just don't understand how that's like a response to anything. <laughs> I, <laughs> I mean, think about it. if you were like as angry 
with somebody as you could possibly be. The number of things that you could do to this person physically, like where does biting come on the list? I just don't get it. Who bites people? Look, after seeing all the videos in like Argentina or in South America of referees, you know, getting shot or getting getting physically accosted by players, the biting doesn't seem that bad. I, in fact, there. In fact, the referee, the referees. I don't know if it's a union or not, but the the group for, that represents referees are proposing a law that all Argentinian referees carry guns on the field. Mm, that sounds like a bad idea. Well, no, 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 because it's the only way to stop people from yeah, accosting them. I guess. I guess. All it means is that more people are going to get shot. That's really what it means. Right. But my, how are we going to spin this back to what we're talking about? Uh, <laughs> Diego Costa being out just. Uh, so you don't think Pot Pato gets a start? No, not a chance. Not a chance. Not a chance. Why not? He seems like the perfect transitional player to start. Falcao? Little tryout for the Columbus crew? So, (laughs) (laughs) I thought you were going to say Columbia. Oh, no. That's where he's from, but no. No. Uh, You proved me wrong. Um, My my inclination is, I would actually... I would actually love to see him call up one of the under twenty ones. Yeah, just pick one. Yeah, they have that's, a not ha- that's not happening. That, so. That's not apparently that's not happening. But I think Bertrand Traore, who's already filled in more than admirably yes. at, at the center forward position, also out out wide to the right too. Yeah, he he definitely deserves a start. Absolutely. I don't I I don't think there's any way he doesn't play. Yeah, I think that's fair. And I'm not sure, you know, if he, if he continues to perform well, why even why rush? With anybody, I mean, I just put him out wide to the right with Costa on the field as well. If you want to have them both on the field, yeah, you could. Uh, it, I would love to. I don't know what Chelsea in transition means, mm-hmm. and this is the first weekend we'll see if that's actually true or not. Okay. On the West Ham side, is there anyone other than Dimitri Payet that you like? Uh, I'm probably going to pass on Antonio this week, and. They've got Lanzini in the number 10, but Pyatt just does way too much to make that like a fantasy valuable spot. Sacco, I thought about uh, just because I, I'd feel differently if I knew whether Terry was going to start or not. But I, I would consider Sacco if Terry starts. What, is Enter Valencia an option to, uh, this weekend? Yeah, I mean, he's fit enough to play. I, I suppose he would be another possibility i i don't um i don't know i i've long held a kind of a tough you know i find it tough to start guys at stanford bridge even how bad they've been this year valencia is not terribly cheap either for on DraftKings. so because he can he, he shoots and crosses right yeah um but yeah sacco 4200 that's pretty cheap yeah uh, it's certainly worth a look uh, i think they're all good options to be yeah. fair I just find them to be pretty, um, other than Valencia, I guess. But Sacco and like Carroll, they're all very uh, goal-dependent. An update here. There's 6.8 seconds left. Yale are up by two. And uh, Baylor has inbounded the ball. And they promptly dribble the ball directly into a Yale bulldog stomach. Mm, you don't want to do that. Not a way to win a game late. Just like West Brom or Norwich City. They don't know how to do that either. Oh, no. West Brom. West Brom's hot. Well, they're caught at scoring goals and giving <laughs> up goals, too. 
they've got they're they've got three wins and four. They're unbeaten. They've got a draw against Leicester. They beat United. Scored three times against Crystal Palace. Held Everton to to a shutout. Uh, I stand corrected. They're hot. They're hot. They're hotter than than a Baylor uniform. There you go. Uh, so. Norwich I guess stinks, I, though. I, 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 well, they, speaking of Baylor uniforms, uh, my my everything tells you that West Brom are the team to trust this weekend, mm-hmm. which makes me just want to go all Norwich. Oh, uh, that's not. I, I disagree. Brom, you, you've you've West been a Norwich the, lover for a while. West Brom with the weight of expectation. Th- there's no expectation. I disagree with that. I think that's they just happen to be playing well because they're they've got a little bit of a new style. But Sato Barahino being back, uh-huh. I well, what's funny is I I've seen a lot of uh, pro Salomon Rondon pieces this week uh, because he's playing well and he's got uh, three and four three goals in four matches. Uh, you know, playing home against Norwich is the ideal situation to use somebody like him. And I feel like I'm confident in West Brom, West Brom this weekend, but I could totally see them winning like three nothing with goals from McCauley, Johnny Evans, and I don't even Craig know Sessegnon. Like <laughs> I don't. I, I, like Gardner from a free kick, always attractive. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I, I just uh, I don't know. I'm not as confident that it's going to be Rondon as opposed to West Ham. I mean, uh, excuse me, West Brom. Is there a team model that makes less sense than Yale's always repping? Mm, no. Something to think about. Okay. We'll do. All right. uh, <laughs> sorry, but I, just, I can't believe you like any of these Norwich options. I don't. I'm just saying that it, than, things that make so much sense tend to not happen. Yeah. Do you know who's um, still not available? On DraftKings, Patrick Bamford. Why is that? He would have outscored. Who were we talking about? Wilfred last Boney. Week? He would have outscored him by a large number. Yeah, that's weird. That I, I would have why. taken him. I, I said it publicly. I would definitely take Bamford. That's All right, that... we've talked way too much about this game. Okay. West Brom. It's, it's Salomon Rondon, Sado Berahino, is Ben Foster. Maybe if you want to mm-hmm. go that route. Yeah. Uh, is there anyone else? The the difficulty is the crosses don't necessarily, you know, like it's James McLean if he plays, but he hasn't been playing recently. Um, I guess you could, it's probably Gardner uh, who could be the guy. Uh, Sessegnon has taken a few recently, or this season as well, so I don't know. It's the, it's the same thing of these guys can, it, it, it can come from anywhere, which doesn't really help for a fantasy reason. Yeah. <sighs> Yep, and Norwich, there's just no help anywhere. Nathan Redmond out six to eight weeks. Yes. Not, not that he was... Not that he was tearing it up anyway, yeah. but not good. It, it may mean that uh, Stephen Aismith plays more. Maybe. He's a little banged up. Wes Houlihan? He's already been playing. Yeah, no. But you like him? No. Oh. No, I don't. So we'll move on to Watford, a team who can't score. Again, yes. Stoke, a team who occasionally scores. Yeah. No Shakiri. Yeah, Shakiri definitely out. So that opens up 
a few crosses since he sent in, I think the number is uh, 106 in the last two weeks or something like that. Um, it's going to be either Boyan or Aphelai. Uh, I think it was Aphelai last week who ended up taking them, although Boyan came on for Shakiri when he got hurt. So it's kind of that crappy situation of having to decide between one of those two guys if you're looking for Stoke crosses. Um, Arnautovic or Mami Diouf? Arnautovic is attractive, but uh, outside of that, I'm not taking any Stoke options attacking was. Yeah. Uh, I think it's Arnautovic and that's it. Their back line is really banged up. Like they could be missing Peters. Shawcross is already out. Johnson's already out. Muniess is banged up. Cameron's still dealing with his ankle injury. I think he's going to play through it. Like they, I think there's a possibility they start four center backs. That's always fun. Yeah, which is the opposite of what we were going to say Man City were going to do. Yep. We'll get to that later. We'll get to that in a second, though. Uh, let's get to uh, one of the value teams of the weekend, probably, is going to be Swansea City at home against Aston Villa. Yeah. Not because it's Swansea City, but because it's Aston Villa. Exactly. I like how on uh, Randy Lerner's Wikipedia page, his occupation is destroyer of Aston Villa football. <laughs> yeah. That was nicely pointed out to us by a loyal listener on Twitter. Yes. the I still have a problem finding reliable value from Swansea outside of Gilfie Sigurdsson. Like, are you ready to roll with Fabianski this week? I thought about it. I mean, I'm rolling with him on EFSA because that's who my goalie is. Yeah. But, but, and I so, refuse to spend wafer wire money on another goalie. So why did you not take him in DraftKings? I like the cert- another matchup better. Oh, okay. So, and that's kind of the oh, problem. Yeah, yeah. That, that says more about Fabianski than it does anything else. That home against Aston Villa is not good enough to take Fabianski. On the Watford side, was there anyone other than Igalo who's banged up that you'd be? Ben Watson, I think, has 20 crosses in the last two games. So he's one. I'm assuming we'll hear about him later. But yeah, back to Swansea, Aston Villa. Um, I really thought about Fabianski. Yeah. I really... But like the. But I mean, on DraftKings, he's the most expensive goalkeeper. That yes. And the, the the fullbacks don't cross that much, and Swansea gives up a goal every time. So there's no reason to think that you you can get the three three point clean sheet defender bonus. So I don't know if there's no reason to think that. Really? I, I may or may not have taken a Swansea defender. Okay. All right. Good luck. Thank you. <laughs> but yeah, the the problem is is that you really have to go out on a limb for anyone other than Sigurdsson. Yeah. Uh, uh, I don't think it's too much of a, uh, anyway, we'll, we'll talk, I mean, we can talk more about it when we get to our, I, I have two Swansea players not named Gilfie Sigurdsson. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Let's move and on. And I also have one Aston Villa player too. Yeah. So uh, I think I'll just give it away now. Landry Bakun, I think is a decent bet here. Okay. All right then. But I don't think anyone. I don't think anyone else. Rudy Gestad, even though he's been shooting a lot, he can't score. Yeah. No, I don't. T- I wouldn't touch any of the attackers there. Yeah. So that team. That team has given up. I think Aston Villa have have waved the the garnet and blue flag, but it's really just white. I think they've surrendered. Okay. All right. Let's get to the really fun game of the weekend. This might be uh, – the question has been raised. Is this the most important Tyneware Derby ever? 
I'm not sure I know the history enough to justify well, a reasonable response, but yes. They haven't really played a, t- a Darby late in the season for the title. Right. So this is probably the next most important. Yeah. So, you know, it's an interesting question. And it, this game has a lot riding on it, so much so that both teams have changed managers in preparation for it and brought big names on. Right. Paying a lot of money for it. Lots of money. Presumably. With that in mind, who has the advantage? I still... It, it's, it's at St. James, so it's at, it's at Newcastle. Yeah, I don't even think it matters. And I still think Sunderland are better. I think it's all about one thing. Who finishes with 11 players and who doesn't? No, that's interesting. interesting If they both finish with 11 players, they'll both get one point. Whoever doesn't finish with 11 players gets zero. And I have no guarantee that there will be a team that finishes with 11 players. Yeah, I don't... I just haven't seen... Not that we've seen a ton from Rafa Benitez, but like I haven't seen any of these Newcastle players do enough for me to think that they can beat even Sunderland at home. They had good moments. They had good movement and good uh, attacking flow early against Leicester last week. Yep. Yep. Uh, and got but, no goals for it. And got no goals. And, and Leicester certainly could have scored more than one. So they scored twice in their last four. Newcastle have. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's tough. It, I really think this is going to be like 1-1. One, one. And the drama will continue. I don't think either team eliminates the other this weekend. With that being said, uh, if if you gave me the choice between Mitrovic or Defoe, I would probably take Mitrovic. Wow. Because I think he's going to get more shots. Okay. May, I would probably take Iosi Perez over both, maybe. I don't. I, you're right. We just haven't seen enough. But Iosi Perez was definitely very much involved in the center of that attack. Would you take Wabi Kazri or John Joe Shelby? That's a great question. Oh, that's a great question. Probably Kazri because he has the chance to score or score a goal. Right, and that's the problem. Those are the two best options, and only one of them has a legitimate shot at scoring. That's why I think Sunderland wins. If you took if you took Shelby out, how many other Sunderland players do you take before your next Newcastle one? A lot, a lot. Do you take Do you take Yedlin and Van Onholt ahead of Jan Mott? I do. Vito Manone has also been a great goalkeeper recently. Uh huh. So, uh-huh. I just I don't. Actually- that was the first name I looked up on DraftKings and realized they played on Sunday. <laughs> there is a Sunday slate. Yeah, the good one too. Yeah, very good Sunday slate. Yeah, I just don't. I don't think we're gonna see anything from Newcastle that warrants like real consideration. The the problem is that if Benitez uses a bunch of guys that haven't been playing, then it's just that he's using like a bunch of guys who like haven't been playing together, and like that. That doesn't help when you need results like immediately. They don't have time to gel, but if you're throwing in a bunch of guys that haven't played together, I mean, it's not like they don't know each other, but, you know, like CM De Jong has been out for a long time. He just came back, and uh, who knows if Doombie will get a shot. He uh, did make a cameo. Yeah, and so it's just like I don't the, – the back line is riddled with injuries, at least the center backs, which tend to be important. 
and so I just don't I don't see it. I really like the Van Onholt DeAndre Yudlin combination. Mm-hmm. As you should. I, 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 again, more names I looked up until I realized it was on. <laughs> I kept wanting to take Sund- uh, Sunderland options, which basically means I think they're going to win yeah. or do well. So, yeah. you know, Daryl Yonmont would be a decent option too from Newcastle. He was getting forward a lot. Yeah. Against Leicester. Yep. So something to look at from the Newcastle side. I mean, that would be the next name after John Joe. Yes. So at, at, given the position value, that would be the that would be the next one. <sighs> Southampton, Liverpool, Liverpool playing a very entertaining game against uh, against Manchester United as we speak, actually, mm-hmm. right now in the in Europa. Yep. Uh, it's one one now over there. Liverpool, it, it, this game should be three one Liverpool. They just they just haven't put the ball in the back of the net as much as they should. Uh, that's actually kind of a microcosm for their entire season because <laughs> they haven't gotten consistent forward play. Uh, their best forward play, you can argue, has been by midfielders by Coutinho and by Firmino mm-hmm. or Lallana even. He scored last at, week. At times, Lovana, yeah. yes. They, or James Milner. I was going to say, Milner, I believe, is playing as a fullback today. And he's out for this Southampton match because of a be, red card. Be, but Because of his five minutes of play at fullback. <laughs> I'm not kidding. He was switched to fullback and got a red card instantly. Oh, oh that, for last or week, his, yes. His second yellow. His second, his yellow. second yellow, yeah. Yeah, I, I wonder how many outfield... Like, I think there are probably three or four Liverpool players I'd pick before a Southampton guy. Like, I would go with Firmino. I would love to take Sturridge if he starts, although he started today, so who knows. I would take... Well, I would have taken Milner if he had started, but he's not. I'd take Coutinho. I mean, none of these Southampton attackers have done anything for me that I'd want to take. And Bertrand and Target, I feel like, are the most valuable ones. Would you take a Regi or Penne? <laughs> I'd probably take a Regi because he'd be so much cheaper. Uh, that, that's and I wouldn't touch Tadic or Mane. I don't care if they start. I mean, if they start, I still won't touch them. Sadio, it's not like Liverpool in great. Was Sadio Mane's red card officially rescinded yet? Yes. Okay. So, uh, so I, now I, I have I'm, to figure out another reason not to play him. Yeah, I was. I, I was saying when, when that when, immediately when the red card happened because I thought it was an elbow. When he when he threw it, yep. um, I thought that he was done for the rest of the year. I don't. I didn't think Ronald Koeman would play him again. Yeah, he did. Say that would that would have meant three games. Yeah, and uh, Sadio Mane and Victor Wan, Victor Wanyama. I was <laughs> Victor Victor Vi- Five. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, uh, Victor Wanyama. Uh, I don't think I don't think they're I, I don't think they know that they're currently employed by Southampton. Maybe. I mean, this is a, this is a club that has nothing to play for. Like they may they may look like they're sitting in seventh, but they're miles behind West Ham and Manchester United. It's it's a team that when when they are all clicking are so entertaining to watch. Yeah, they just haven't clicked in forever. That's the problem. It's been, it's been a long time. Uh, I don't know if it's due due to injuries or just Kuman just seeing something. Uh, Juan Yama got three red cards this season, so that hasn't helped. Yes. <laughs> By the way, the, the the Premier League leader for a career in red cards is uh, Patrick Vieira with eight. eight. Oh, I thought it was six, yeah. Eight. Okay. Uh, so 
he's a, he's more than a third of the way there in one season. Yeah. Now he probably in won't 30 last weeks or 28 weeks or whatever it was. Yeah, he probably won't last long enough in the Premier League to to get to eight. That's probably the reason why the number is so low. Yeah. Typically, guys who get a lot of red cards don't last that long. Um, it's, it's like it, that whole team. That's another team I think that's in transition. But they're not really. I mean, I guess. I guess. I, I think that they go through cycles, like cycles of players. So the like this cycle of players that's reached its most mature, kind of like when they've had when they had Lalana. Uh, and Nathaniel Klein, yeah, Luke Shaw, and Luke Chambers. Shaw, that they reached their max maturity, and then boom, they were all gone. Yeah, these I, guys I think, are were all bought though. The ones that they have now that will leave. Yeah, be, be, because of that, because of the, the like I said, it's in cycles. Yeah, when, when they purchase a player, it's usually not because they're going to pay off immediately. Yeah, that's they're, they're going to grow into a player that will give them a lot of profit, which to their credit, they've done very successfully. Yep. So it's a model that I think this is the year that they'll cash in on Mane, potentially on Tottenham, but not for as much as they probably wanted. Yep. Uh, you know, Wanyama for sure, uh, potentially. He's not a profit guy, really. Um, because it's it's one of those it's one of those situations where they've just they, they they've gone as far as they can go with these players. Yep. And they're going to dip back into the market probably somewhere in the Netherlands. They could probably make a ton of money um, selling Forster. I think it's a year too early. Maybe. Maybe. Well, we'll see how he does in the Euros. Uh, That's a player who can – we'll discuss this more really at the end of the season where which players, Premier League-wise, have a ton of money to make at the Euros, and he's one of them. Yep. He, I, I've already started that list, and he's he's near the top. Hazard is actually at the top. Yeah, but it, it's it's certainly an interesting list because I you know this is the time of year. Uh, it's something I wanted to bring up as well that you know those 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 European players, the play, sorry, the players that are playing in the Euros, they really have to start thinking about their health before that tournament starts. Yeah, that's when you get those crippling injuries. Uh, I'll just say Christian Benteke four years ago. Uh. Um. Oh, sorry. That was that, that was, was two World, years Cup. Ago. Yeah. World Cup. Yeah, but same principle. Yep. Before these big international tournaments. Yep. Uh, Having a Falcao at the World Cup. It happens. It happens every single one. Is yeah. my point. And you know, players take notice of this stuff, and there's a lot of money to be made or not made during these big tournaments, and this is kind of like the the build up to that tournament. So, mm-hmm. Southampton players, you know. I'm not saying they're thinking about that. Forrester might, but that's it. Mm-hmm. But the rest aren't playing. You know, uh, the Mane is Senegalese, so he won't be playing in the Europa. Uh, Tadic, actually, he will be playing. But it, it's it's definitely it, it's a it's a weird it's a weird time of year for yeah. the teams that have nothing to play for domestically. I think Forster's next team is one of the games we talk is one of the teams we talk about next. <laughs> As uh, the replacement for David De Gea when he bolts. Yes. Or as the replacement for Joe Hart when Pep Guardiola wants uh, to get rid of him. Yes, to go anywhere else. Because uh, Joe, Hart, cause Joe, cause Joe Hart will not only have been replaced by Forrester in England, but also <laughs> in Manchester City. No, I think he's going to United to replace De Gea. Interesting. This would be the time to sell Thibaut Cotois, by the way. If you're Chelsea. Mm-hmm. 
and go with Sorry. Blackman or Begovich. Begovich. Yeah. Anyone you want, Butland. Looking like screams but transition, want, like going. If you back want to, to buy Butland, Butland would be Begovich. a good candidate. Mm-hmm. They've been they've been in the Butland market before. Yeah, they have been. So, anyway, Manchester Derby. Yeah, that's uh, the big game. I, I don't know if that, you know. Here's an, here's an interesting thing. They're not on at the same time. But if they were on at the same time, would you watch Newcastle Sunderland or City United? I would watch uh, Newcastle Sunderland, but I, I think would most, too. most people would watch the Manchester one. I, I, the, the emotion and the drama that's going to be in that Newcastle Sunderland game will not be matched by United City. I think you... more of that has to do just with where they are. I agree. I'm not saying that normally table. it would yeah. be like that. But yeah. But this is like those two Manchester clubs have been awful recently. And they've been tough to watch. Right. Specifically. But my – let's get to that being difficult to watch. And we talked about it a little bit on Tuesday. Like are these teams just really bad at the striker position or are, or is the Premier League just top to bottom the best defensive league in the world? Yeah. I still don't know if we have an answer for that. Um, but Man United at least, I think Rashford has run his course. Oh, you think so, huh? And now one, I do, yeah. That, one, that two-week course? Yeah. One of which was in Europe? Right. And it was actually like four days. It wasn't even a full week. Um, but the city defense is like really in tr- Company looks like his season is over. Speaking of guys who need to recover before Euros. And Otamendi got banged up. So it's like, yeah, let's then it's time for the United guys. But like, who do you take? I think Mata suspended. Memphis? Uh, Memphis has Martial. Memphis has looked decent. He, I, I don't think he started it against Liverpool today. I don't know. I, uh, I think I think it was Lingard, Martial, Rashford. Yeah, Lingard's played well. I don't know. I just uh, I feel like I would be perfectly content building a Sunday lineup without anybody from any of these games. I would want Yaya Torre. Oh gosh, enjoy. We'll, we'll do a Sunday head-to-head, and you can take Yaya Torre, and I'll build everybody else. Go. I mean, there's going to be a lot of Sunderland on my lineup on Sunday, yeah. so I think we're going to share that. Mm-hmm. But I, I mean, I think there's, I think there's going to be decent value in this game, actually. Oh, where? All of these guys are so expensive. That's the problem. Well, you have to understand these defenses are not great. I know, but I mean, still, where are you going? I mean, I'm not going to go Sergio Aguero. There's no value there. He's going to be probably close to 9,000 again. Mm-hmm. But I, I would consider Juan Mata. No, Mata suspended. Oh, well, that's right. I'm, uh, Memphis. Mm-hmm. I, I would de- strongly consider Memphis. Lingard as well. I would consider Martial. Like, depending, it, it all depends on the pricing. Yeah, I haven't looked at the Sunday prices, but I just don't think they're going to be as cheap as you. Lingard would be, but I don't think Memphis is all that cheap. And... Memphis, Memphis was like fifty some fifty five in the five thousand range, like close yeah. to five thousand. That I strongly would consider. Okay. Would you take Memphis at fifty five or Matt Ritchie at fifty five? Uh, Ritchie would be first. Right. Right. But I would, Dele Ali or I would take them both. Would you yeah, take Dele Ali ahead of Memphis? I'm thinking. Uh, it, it, the fact that I'm thinking about it, it is all you need to know. Mm-hmm. Close. And you've got Wabi Kazri, who's probably a thousand bucks less. And now you're out of midfield spots. No, utils. No, I mean that that was five. I'm just saying. I'm not sure. I'm not sure it's there. Maybe I'm wrong. 
We'll look at the. Pro- uh, uh, we'll, I think we'll this... discuss it. We'll discuss it next Tuesday because I'm sure we'll, I, I, I'm really excited to fill out a Sunday slot. Now. Okay. I think. What do you think the score of this match is? Two <sighs> two. Oh my gosh. Three two something like wow. that. Wow. Wow. Three two. I don't think you understand how bad these defenses are going to be. Yeah, I'm just not sure the attacks are all that great either. Every attack will be will made will be made to look good against these defenses. Okay. Okay. It's not exactly it's not exactly it's like an amateur lock picking set and these are all like mediocre intermediate skilled locksmiths. Yeah. Okay. Do you yeah. take Max Gradle over Everybody from this game? Everybody. Right. I, 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 Max Gradle as a forward, the only forward who I would take over him, there's two. Uh, in ter- you know, that, it, price, pricing excluded. Um, there's only two forwards I would take ahead of him. I'd rank him third among this slate. Who do you think those two are? Um, I don't know, actually, because... Aguero and Kane. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you meant in the Sunday slate. Right, right. I thought you meant. Well, I mean, I, ranked, I think I ranked them sixth overall uh, for our rankings this week. I really wanted to rank them top five. I just I couldn't justify it. Gradle. Yeah. Yeah. I really wanted to put Gradle in the top five. Yep. I, I uh, he's uh, he's that important and that good. Yeah, I was a little hesitant just because he's it's up against Spurs. I don't think it matters now. Okay. Uh, I I think he's. He's now he, he's getting he's only getting stronger. Yeah. Remember he you know the first few weeks were his like his his uh, spring training. Right. So I mean, now he's really in form in match fitness even. Yep. Do you would you let's rather a phobie or bony? Oh, okay. Uh, a phobie or bony? A phobie. Okay. Uh, only because I've seen both forwards score for uh, yeah. first. Uh, Burnmouth in a game. Let's talk about Burnmouth actually yeah. against against Spurs. I, I mean, eh. They're playing so well, and I feel like this is the worst time to play Spurs. Well, especially because Burnmouth are now safe at thirty-eight points. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm not expecting a ton. Is the problem? Eddie, Eddie Howe, he won't get it, and he won't get much consideration for because of the job Mark Hughes has done well at, at, at Stoke. Eddie Howe has done such a great job this season. Yeah, he has. When you look at the injury list and the percentage of what those salaries are for their 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 payroll, and considering what what their payroll is and where they've been and where they've been coming from, mm-hmm. anyhow, has done a masterful job. Yeah, they're, he's talking now about keeping Callum Wilson out longer because they, as he should, because they're safe. Yeah. Uh, there was it, talk it, that he was going to come back, and now they're tempering that. It's, yeah, I, I, I get think it. it's, it's the smart decision. Yeah. And he's a good $1 keeper. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, by the way. <laughs> um, Josh King, he's looked pretty good, too. Sure has. As a forward for Birdmouth, the, the most English-sounding Norwegian. I'll say it again on the podcast. Yes, for since I forgot. Yeah, I... By the way, Coutinho scored today. Yes, he did. The King, I definitely have King ahead of a phobie. But um, the great old Richie thing on DraftKings, like I see, I don't know how I feel about either of them this weekend. 
That's my problem because I because I've been very impressed by Spurs defensively. Which Spurs defense do you think you see? Trippier Davis? No. I assume they started today. I didn't look. They usually start those um Europa. Here I just pulled it up. Yeah, Trippier and Davies started. And Rose came on for some reason. I haven't seen if it was an injury or not. So, no, it will not be Trippier. I don't think you'll see Trippier in another Premier League game. Yuck. I'll keep ranking him they're anyway. They're too important. I will keep ranking him anyway. Okay. I think now it's just making a statement. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's a statement that he, just the potential of him is that good. Okay. Is that, is that fair, do you think, or am I just being stupid? Um, I would never call you stupid while you were listening, so... Being bullheaded? <laughs> I, I think the... Yes, I think the upside is there in in DFS formats. He's not really a, a great FPL one. Um, and, yeah, I mean, if he starts in on DraftKings and you got to play him because he sends in so many crosses, but he's very expensive. I mean, it, I'm not sure the cost is always warranting. I mean, the value is always no. worth the, uh, the cost. All right. And on the Burnmouth side, I think we kind of discussed it though. Would you play Charlie Daniels this week? No. Cause he's going to be expensive and yeah. this is not the matchup. No, correct. All right. Let's get, let's get to our DraftKings. Yeah. Team, so. <sighs> I had a tough time filling him out. I really wanted to play Sunday, and we will, and yeah. we'll talk about uh, we'll talk about Sunday on Tuesday. Yeah. But I, you know, I really wanted to load up on midfield this week, and I don't think I did it successfully enough. But let's get to the teams. I started with goalkeeper Jack Butland mm-hmm. uh, because he's thirty three hundred, and Watford haven't scored in a long time. Yeah. Uh, so why not? I'll roll the dice. Given the opportunity cost, I have Leandro Bakuna at forty one hundred. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna hope that Jeff Cameron plays through that uh, that ankle injury mm-hmm. at twenty eight hundred, and Neil Taylor at three thousand mm. for Swansea against Aston Villa. Uh, I have two of those four. Uh, I have Butlin and Cameron. Butlin just seems way too cheap, mostly because of Watford. I realize the guys in front of him are banged up, but Watford have been awful, and Igalo's a little nicked too. So. Um, that's easy. I went with Sissoko instead of Bakuna just because Bakuna actually hasn't been crossing as much when he's so forward. Um, that he may be taking more shots, but I'll take the crosses. And then I paid 3100 for Poppy Soiree, who I'm hoping sends in eight crosses as they're getting demolished by Lester. <laughs> oh, I guess that's okay because Lester will let you have the ball, but right. I have no confidence in Crystal Palace actually keeping that ball. They don't need to keep it. They just need to send in crosses. They just oh. need to get it once, pass down, let Soiree move it down the field. and then Papa, Soire, Papa Soiree, I think, has an equal chance of getting a red card than he does for eight crosses. <laughs> let's hope. Let's hope not. For your sake. Yes. I have... Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. I have four, five midfielders. Um, I Sorry, I actually have four defenders. Oh my gosh! I have Christian Fuchs as well. Wow. Okay. At fifty-three. Yeah, that's shocking to me. No wonder you have no money for midfielders. Well, it's because I looked at the 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 pricing at about fifty-three, fifty-five hundred dollars, and the Christian Fuchs is going to outscore them all. That's. Yeah, that's. Hmm. Hmm. That's with Fabregas and 
Zaha and yeah. Okay. Wow. Um, okay. So I have five midfielders. Two of them will be forward. will be playing as forwards though. I have Albrighton and Sigurdsson. They will not be playing as forwards. Uh, they're at 7,175 respectively. I paid 41 for Ben Watson because of the aforementioned 20 crosses in the last two games. And then I have Bertrand Traore at 3,300. And I have Ibrahim Afalai at 36, hoping to chase some crosses there. And if Boyan starts with Afalai, I'll probably Boyan's choose the Boyan, wrong one. Boyan's considered a forward. Oh, okay. Well, I have, I have Afalai in the utility spot. Gotcha, so. gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Um, I'm now hoping Boyan doesn't start so that Afalai does and gets all those corners. For yeah, for my midfield, I have Leroy Fair at 3,400. Mm, I like that. Yeah. I like that a lot. Damn. That, that was that second Swansea player not named Gilfie Sigurdsson. Yep. 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 Uh, yep. I, so here are the yeah, the two really. I have four midfielders total. I have Dimitri Payet at eighty four hundred. I have Willian at eight thousand. Wow. Wow. Yeah, going for it. Yeah. I, I, oh, I'm going for it. Okay. And Bertrand Traore is the biggest no brainer of the weekend. Yes. Thirty hundred. Yes. Yeah. My forward suffered. Let's hear him. Kennedy at four thousand. <laughs> okay. Uh, I, I, I'm really not sure if he will actually play. Yep. Uh, which would, you know, that would be a problem. But Pato may get Pato may play at 4100. Uh, you know, Boyan if he does play, that's another option at 3600 for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sacco at 4200 is also an option for me. Okay. So there's options if even if he doesn't play. Yep. So I have 200 dollars left over, and Solomon Rondon at 4200. Mm. I'm glad you. I'm glad you did that. I'm sure you are, because you probably took uh, really good forwards. I took Berahino, which I cannot believe I took. But I think this is the week that they score, and it's not going to be Rondon. And I have Jamie Vardy. Yeah, I knew you were going to take a good forward. I took one, and that's him. Since Costa's out, Igalo's banged up and against my goalkeeper, and nobody else is really that good. I thought about Arnautovic, but... How many points him. combined do I need to get from Pae and Willian to be competitive? 40. Maybe 50. I, I think there's a really good chance. Of the, of, of, there's of, a chance, of, of course. Of, of 40 for sure. 50 is... 40 for sure. Wow, okay. Yeah, I, if you look at Willian, he's a beast. Yeah. DraftKings. He just does everything. He shoots, he crosses, he can occasionally score, but he'll get some assists. And Dimitri Pai does literally everything. Okay. I'm, ex- I'm excited for this matchup. I, I think the team's garbage, but... Because <laughs> ex- this team will either score for me 70 points or 170. Maybe. I think this is a really good GPP lineup that I have. I'm, I'm looking at it as Payet... Willian and Rondon against Sigurdsson, Albrighton, and Vardy. I'm assuming that you would rather take the ones you took versus the I'm the just free- saying that's how I look at it, that the money I saved not getting those two guys. I don't know. We'll see. You just, could score 170. It would just be it, it would be a nice start to the March madness that is this March madness season. 
And on that note, we will end this episode of the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. Continue your St. Patrick's Day celebrations. Continue tearing up those sheets of paper that you thought you knew so much about. But really, you know nothing because you don't watch college basketball like the rest of us. And uh, I would say good luck, but no. I, you need more than just luck for March Madness for those brackets. Uh, just pay attention to what we say about uh, about Premier League because that's much better advice. But uh, – yeah, we'll talk to you guys on Tuesday to react to what was possibly the most maddening podcast of the season. <laughs> You're really stretching that one out. Good luck, everybody. <laughs> I had nothing. Thank you for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. For more great content, visit rotowire.com slash soccer. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.